My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once, with like basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas. Well, hey, everybody, and thanks for joining me here on the John Campia podcast, episode number 37 for Wednesday, August the 3rd, 2016. And I got a special one today. A lot of you guys, since I've been doing the John Campia podcast, have been asking me, for heaven's sakes, can you please, please bring on John Schnepp? And uh, it just just so happens John Schnepp and I were sitting around the office today as we're getting ready to do the podcast. And Ladies and gentlemen, John Schnapp. Hey, what's going on, John? I'm happy to be on your show. It's it's, it's great. We just uh just did a like a full on like heroes, and then rocked. Did a lunch, then did uh, our Suicide Squad non spoilers, and it's now it's been a busy day. Yeah, a lot and, of stuff to talk and about. Now we're doing this podcast, and guys like uh, John just kind of tipped it there. We're going to talk about Suicide Squad. I put my review up on my YouTube channel yesterday. You've got to see it. Is all I can say. <laughs> so, it's a visual feast. And I said in the review, I said, hey, on the podcast tomorrow, we'll go a little bit more into depth than that. And then we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about this um, idiocracy going around about this Rotten Tomatoes petition. Ugh, um, it's driving me kind of crazy. We were talking about it this morning. Yeah. So we're going to go into that a little bit. And then we're going to just take a, a couple of your questions that you guys emailed in to us. And by the way, once again, this is how you get a question on the John Campia podcast. You send it to the John Campia podcast at gmail.com. Is it really that simple? It's just that My easy. Goodness. Snap, just right. that easy. I know you want, you suggested I try that whole GeoCities email address. I did. But, it was uh, like <laughs> prodigy dot slash net D of C org. Uh, dot org it was a double org thing all right so let's let's uh, not waste any time yeah. here suicide squad yeah you and i had a, good, a chance to go to see it last night and i i remember coming out of batman versus superman i was i was more enthusiastic about bvs than you were especially much more initially. so yeah, yeah initially, you were yes. actually disappointed by bvs yeah i think i was had way too high expectations i, I mean all everybody everyone did, did. i was jumping around dancing going to see the movie you were, like, that's right then, i remember so i felt very alone and uh, shattered after the film like what did i just see i mean i i saw a bunch of other other of our friend critics kind of like either leaving and storming off in some kind of anger zone yeah so i wasn't in that mode yet but it took me about a week to actually get kind of bummed out about the film um all i could say is uh i'm really glad that they put out that ultimate edition because it's to me at least i know some people are like it's just more footage or whatever but to me it's night and day at least for myself and how i felt about seeing the theatrical cut of batman v superman right. versus the ultimate cut which is actually just the director's cut that zach had originally put together it just flowed so much better it felt like a shorter movie even though it was slightly longer mm. because it made more sense and it gave so much more character development to the characters that were really important, Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent, so that you actually care about what happens at the end. You know, can we talk spoilers with BVS? Uh, oh, BVS, sure, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Superman fucking dies. Right. He sacrifices himself to save humanity from this giant abomination called Doomsday. Right. Yeah. And I actually found myself, when I was watching the Ultimate Edition, caring about that last scene when he's talking to Lois. Whereas tell, originally you didn't. Originally I didn't, and I felt like nothing. I felt, wow, I just they're just going through the motions. Why did I care more? Because we saw a little bit more, scene, a, a lot more scenes with 
development of Clark Kent, not only investigating who the Batman is and going over to Gotham, but trying to question himself and what is, where does Superman fit into this world and what, why is he alone and why is he an alien and talking with his dad? Those, all those elements really felt stronger to me just with those added scenes. So, you know, I mean, it's amazing how much 30 minutes can affect a film and it's not 30 minutes as one chunk, but it's like two minutes here, 15 seconds here, a minute here. So it actually smoothed everything out and they rearranged a few of the sequences too. So it just played much better. And so it was because of your feelings on all of that that you and I weren't sitting together in the theater last right. night. We were there. We, we had dinner beforehand. We went yeah. through, but we weren't sitting together. I like I to sit up front. I'm yes, like one of those weird like front people. Back. Yeah. So I was really curious as Wendy and I were walking out of the theater. I was like, I'm curious to bump into Schnepp in the foyer because I didn't know what you would have thought about it. But you really enjoyed Suicide Squad. Yeah. I mean, I borderline loved the film. I'm like, there were some definite issues with it, uh, some storyline issues and a few sequences and some scenes that maybe didn't work as well as they could have. But overall, I, I enjoyed the film from beginning to end. I left the film with a smile on my face, literally like I was sitting next to Makuga. And we were like, right, every time yeah. some a big action scene or some cool set piece happened, we look over and be like, what's up with that? That's awesome. Like, So it's kind of a uh, – sometimes can affect you if you're sitting next to someone else who's like, man, this thing is bumming me out. It can bum you out. So I was happy that I was like, all right, I'm sitting next to someone who's enjoying it just like I'm enjoying it. Um, I felt that the Suicide Squad as an overall film really worked for me as a superhero film. Right. It, it delivered what it promised to me, at least in the trailers, where it was like supervillains fighting an even worse supervillain. Now, whether or not the, you know, with no spoilers given, like some some of the sequences with the end villain maybe didn't work out too well. Right. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought the way that the Suicide Squad was put together, even though you had brought up earlier how it's like, you know, Amanda Waller saying we need metahumans and only like two or three of them are metahumans. Yeah, the, rest the rest of the squad, are not. <laughs> they're humans, but they're like exceptionally well skilled humans. But uh, I liked that, you know, I like the whole the whole the, w- the way that Amanda uh, Waller was was cast the way she was written everything about her she was uh, she was really the true villain of the piece if you want to look at it like that yeah that's, that's she was what we're looking at, yeah. actually kind of more evil than the main villain in certain aspects um the main villain had these weird motivations uh, I don't want to get into it, but it's really hard to talk about the film without getting into spoilers I don't want to spoil anything for anybody other to say that I really enjoyed it uh, much more so than uh, Batman v Superman the uh, theatrical cut I think it's uh it's on par with me. Uh, you know, I think I, I really enjoyed the ultimate cut uh, for Batman v Superman. It just kind of, I feel like, not even redeemed itself, but it's like, man, I wish they just put out that three hour cut. I know they couldn't just mm. due to box office stuff, but if you could go back in time, convince someone from Warner Brothers, just let the actual actual, you know, director's cut be the be the cut and don't do this the shorter version because they did themselves a disservice. With Suicide Squad, I can't wait to see an additional director's cut adding some scenes. Like you and I are in agreement with Harley and Joker being like, wow, the strong point. Oh, the shining gems of this movie, in my opinion. Margot Robbie kills this role as Harley Quinn. And originally, even from the trailers, some of the sequences where, you know, she said some of her, I'm not crazy. Those voices in my head, they felt like they were landing a little weird for me in the trailers. Like, well, I hope those. Those work better in the film. They do work better in the film. And in fact, they work better as the film goes along because you start to really see how, how totally, really, truly, not only insane Harley Quinn Zell went when she turned into Harley Quinn and, and gave herself over to the Joker, but 
you understand the motivations yeah. between her and the Joker. And there's certain sequences in the film that are fantastic. And I think Jared Leto as the Joker is just amazing. What uh, what, what are your thoughts about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I love Jared Leto. One of the things I really loved about Leto in the film as a Joker was the fact that this was, as has all the movie Jokers, all the movie Jokers we've gotten, television Jokers as well, have been completely unique. Like mm-hmm. Heath Ledger's Joker was completely different from any Joker we'd ever seen before. Totally. And I think Jared Leto does that as well. He brought us – the way I described it was if you took the Cesar Romero clown prince of crime, but you transported him into modern era with the modern grittiness mm. and violence of a Scarface. Totally. And you merge those two, that's the Jared Leto Joker. And – you're going to get some people that will inevitably – I know one of the Schmoes guys was doing this as well, and it's understandable. You're going to get the inevitable comparisons to the Heath Ledger Joker. Mm. But these are two different characters. I think radically different. Radically different. So, like, do I prefer the Heath Ledger Joker? Sure I do. But that does not take away from the fact that I thought Leto crushed it as Joker. If anything, one of the complaints I have coming out of the movie is that I wanted to see more of him. Oh, totally. So, but it, it really whet my appetite, man, for, for Geron. And look, I think if you guys saw my review, you know my saying on this. I did think the movie narratively was a bit of a mess. I do believe that it was weak when it came to, it, it, one of its weaknesses was its story and, and it's, you mentioned the motivations mm-hmm. and things like that. And all that's true. And I'm sitting from a place that much like Batman versus Superman, which I did like the first time I saw it. But even when I saw Batman vs. Superman, I said, I can see why some people won't like this. And I can totally see why there are people coming out of Suicide Squad, whether it's critics or some right. fans who got some advanced screenings, not liking it. I get it, but I did like it. It yeah. worked for me. And I, you know, the fun aspect was there. The, the action was great. The, the chemistry between the team, which I thought would be off, Worked. Will Smith landed every punchline. Oh, uh, and I was, was so great. worried about Will Smith. I yeah, I was worried about him going to say, "Make this a dead shot no, movie." Yeah, they and weren't. They weren't punchlines. They were just they were they fit with his character. Yes, but they were funny. He's he has a sarcastic edge to him playing Deadshot, so it really works. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, you know what? I don't I don't need everyone to like it. I really liked it, but I, I would hope that when viewers go in to see it on Friday, they come they come at it with like, "This is a fun film." You know, don't try to pick it apart. Like, don't go in there automatically, like, looking at edits and stuff. I think you just have to have a really open mind to it. Like, when I yeah. I heard about all these Rotten Tomato reviews on Tuesday morning, and I hadn't read any of them because I was just like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to go see the movie. I barely knew anything about the plot except from what the trailers showed because I was like, most of the time I'll know everything about the movie before I go in. This was kind of one of those films that I on purpose stayed away from reading right. too much about because I wanted to be pleasantly surprised by where the narrative went. I mean, I knew some of the basic things like, all right, I get who the villain is. And I know just from reading a few news reports and interviews and stuff like that. But overall, it was a surprise to me as I saw the film unfold. And I just I enjoyed it as for what it was. You know? So what would you say? I, we already talked covered the Joker and Harley. Right. Uh, and I'm actually going to stand up and turn on a fan, but let me throw it to you here. What what was would you say were the next one or two things after Joker and Harley that really worked for you? And besides Will Smith as Deadshot, yeah, uh, boy, I loved Killer Croc and Diablo. I thought those two characters. I mean, and what they did with them. I mean, you got to remember, it's like there's literally like they're dividing the time period between like setting up the Suicide Squad and giving each of the characters a little bit of a flashback or a little bit of an origin story, like letting you know who each of these characters are. 
the the moments that they gave to Killer Croc, every single one of them worked. Yeah, there was not a wasted moment on Killer Croc. Every single time he talked, it was funny or it meant something or it was threatening or you felt sorry for him. There's all these elements and emotions that are there with Killer Croc that I've never seen in any of the other animated films. So I, I liked the the uh, three dimensionality that they gave to him in that limited amount of time, and even more so than that. The character of Diablo was the shocking surprise for me of not only just the character development, but the story arc that he goes through. I think the most intense story arc in the entire film is a story arc of Diablo. Well, and easily the most shaking, emotional part of the film focuses on Diablo. And maybe the coolest wow factor of the movie focuses on Diablo. Big wow. Look, nobody, and it's understandable, there's not a lot of emphasis on Diablo going into this movie in any of the marketing. But we've said this a couple times now. I really do think Diablo is going to be the guy that a lot of people who end up enjoying this summer come out going, he was my favorite member of Suicide totally. Squad. And I, I think that's kind of interesting. So it's going to be interesting to see how once the once the regular audience gets a chance to see it, it's going to be really interesting to see how, to gauge their reactions I can't and see wait. what the regular audience thinks. I'm very excited to see what the regular – just the regular audience seeing it on Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, yep. Sunday, what their thoughts are. I'd love to hear what they have to say about Katana. I thought she was really well handled. I think every single character that's in the squad is really well handled. Rick Flagg is given a really strong emotional base where you're like, you feel bad for him. You also understand where he's coming from and what he has to do. I thought Boomerang was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, what is that actor's name again? Uh, Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. That's a Christian's enemy. Christian Harloff's <laughs> enemy. Even Christian liked Jai Courtney. I thought he was hilarious in this. I mean, once again, like a lot of the characters besides uh, Deadshot or Harley, they don't get as much play, but they, everything that they get to do, I think, really works. Well, okay. So speaking of all that, uh, let's move on to topic number two here. And I'm going to try to see if I can bring this up. Uh, I'll bring it up in a second. But look, when Batman vs. Superman came out, and a lot of the critics didn't like it, and you're one of them. Sure. I was one of the ones that did, but I could totally understand why people didn't. There was a lot of controversy going around about the the fact that so many critics didn't like it. And that's, that's fine. So now... Here we have Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is a movie that's not even out yet. Right. All right. So the average film goer has not had a chance to see Suicide Squad yet. So they nobody should really be having anything to say. But it does have the last time I checked, Suicide Squad has a 33% of Rotten Tomatoes. That means roughly three out of 10 critics like it and roughly seven out of 10 don't. So that's fine. I, I get that. So along comes this idiotic... I'm tipping my hand here. <laughs> this idiotic thing. I start getting people notifying me on Twitter and Facebook saying, John, there's a, there's a petition. First of all, petitions are the stupidest things in the world. Uh, but let's move on from that. Um, there's this petition out there that says, we think Rotten Tomatoes should be shut down because Rotten Tomatoes' critics keep bashing on DC movies. Here's the part. Even when they're great. Yeah. Um, so, look, I'm kind of tipping my hand here. No, but I, I I agree. I think do yourself a favor if you're listening to this podcast, go to this petition and just read it because the grammar in it is so poorly put together. It's like if you're going to make a petition about anything, just make sure your sentence structures are right and your spelling <laughs> your spelling is correct. And, and in his defense, he he wasn't he wasn't uh, American. He was he was uh, from Egypt. I, I believe. You can spell check. You know, yeah, you can still spell. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's like it just makes it like unfortunately if you're trying to do a petition in any way. 
there, way, shape, or form, and using English, then you've got to use it properly because it's like this isn't the uh, Twitter 150, you know, you know, using a letter two for the word two. You know, it's like 140 100, characters. 140. Snap. Oh my god, characters. I'm ten characters off. Um, yeah, the limited amount of of ability to speak in a full paragraph that you know is is allotted. So I think that was one of the first things when I saw that petition. I read it, kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, all right, well, it's poorly worded, but also it's it's misguided. That's the biggest problem with it. It's 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 making a petition about something that the person who's making the petition about doesn't even understand what he's writing about or what the petition right. is about. It's about Rotten Tomatoes. You cannot have a petition against a website that is a collation device. What Rotten Tomatoes basically takes different critics reviews and puts them together forming from say somebody gave a 70 and the other person gave it a 30 they put it together and now it's a 50 so it's like it's you have to like yeah. you have to look at it like okay a bunch of these critics gave it a 33 and a bunch of these other critics gave it a 66 the rotten tomato score is 44 percent. so it they're they're collating it by hundreds of different critics a lot of them who haven't even chimed in yet so i guess a lot of the people who saw it on saturday who are actually part of the rotten tomatoes Critic Association, they've joined it. You know, they don't even have to be, you know, real critics or people who do. It's like you do a podcast or whatnot. You can join Rotten Tomatoes and get your vo your your voice heard. No, you you can't join. You have to be. There's like Rotten Tomatoes has to add you. Got you. Got yeah, you. you can't like can't say, hey, I want to be part of the Rotten right, Tomatoes. Right, right. And that's you, that's what you're saying is exactly it. There's a fundamental misunderstanding yeah. out there amongst movie fans about what Rotten Tomatoes is. Mm -hmm. They hear Rotten Tomatoes score 58%, Rotten Tomatoes score 82%. Listen, Rotten Tomatoes does not give scores to anything. They don't review anything. No, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes doesn't review anything. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't have a staff of film critics. That's not how it works. What Rotten Tomatoes does is they go out and find all the film critics' reviews. They're an aggregator. Yes. Then they add up all the film critics' reviews that are out there, they say, this is how many people liked it. And this is how many people, this is how many people gave it a positive review. This is how many people give it a negative review. So if the Rotten Tomatoes score in a movie is 61%, that means that Rotten Tomatoes went out, looked at all the film critics and said 61% of them give it a positive review, mm -hmm. whether it's a massively positive review or a minorly positive review. And that means 39% gave it a negative review, whether it was a massively negative review or just a minorly negative right. review, doesn't matter. It's just establishing a score. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't give anything a score. So when I'm reading stuff like this, first of all, I don't know what's more pathetic. The fact that some idiot started this idiotic petition. Now, remember, this is coming from two guys sitting here who are telling you Suicide Squad is good. Yeah. We both give Suicide Squad a positive review, okay? When I read that this idiot, I don't know what's sadder, this idiot writing this thing <laughs> writing this petition. Wait, call him an idiot again. This idiot. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's more idiotic, that 15,500 other idiots uh, is have how many signed people the signed right it? now. It's got 15,500 signatures. Hey guys, is there a way signatures. for you to unsign it? Because obviously this, this, this petition, it doesn't make any sense. So you're wasting a signature. Go sign it for something else that makes more sense. You know, like save the planet, like save some dolphins or whales. This is definitely like it's a petition that doesn't make any sense because it's a, at its core, it's a misunderstanding of the way Rotten Tomatoes works. So there's no way to shut down Rotten Tomatoes because it has a, a prejudice against DC Comics films because it doesn't, it's not even able it to have a, no opinion. It, it doesn't have an opinion. It's, it's not a thing that create, it doesn't create an opinion. It 
aggregates them from all these other critics and puts together a score. So they themselves, it's like it's like yelling at a house for the people who live inside of it. <laughs> I think this house should be burned to the, you know, well, I mean, but it's actually the tenants. No, no, they're cool. The house is the problem. So yep. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a general uh, mis- uh, misunderstanding in the, the the core idea of what the petition is about. That's why maybe if you if you signed it, you might not also understand. Like you know, we're calling the guy an idiot or a moron. It's like, look, you know, I understand a lot of people are upset about a low score, especially before you see a movie that you've been looking forward to. I understand that, but at the same time, look, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is using a certain amount of people to get their information from. Uh, I'm not on Rotten Tomatoes, so my my score what I what I say doesn't count. And I gave Suicide Squad an eight out of ten. I really enjoyed it. I sure there's some problems with it. There's certain things that don't make sense. Or there's certain aspects to some scenes at the end that could have been better. But did I enjoy the film overall? Yes, I did. And was it a fun, crazy, insane action adventure with supervillains? Yes, it was. There's so much that I found positive for myself that the nitpicky parts for me don't really count. I really enjoyed the film. And, uh, Look, you know, it's like I think it's up to every single individual person to be able to make up their own mind. And that's what critics do. We give you a little flavor of what, hey, if you know Campier, you know what his he, he he likes these kinds of films. Sometimes he's a dark horse of the film. Sometimes, you know, so you get to know each critic's opinions on a film. And if you like that critic's opinions, hey, you know, the more power to you. If you like what I have to say, that's cool, too. But sometimes I'll disagree. Like, my, you know, a lot of people came down on me because I didn't like Batman v Superman right. because I wasn't an, agreeing with you. I was wrong. That's not the way criticism works. And that's what, like just because your friend likes a certain baseball team and they're not your baseball team. Is that friend a jerk or an idiot? Maybe. But, you know, that's not the right way to feel about it. It's like, look, you have your, your own teams. You have your own decisions when it comes down to films and what makes you laugh, what certain comedies you like, what kind of film is the film that you're like, yo, this is my sweet spot. I love films like this. You're more forgiving about certain things. For myself, I love superhero films, but I actually come at them with even more critical eye because I've seen so many other superhero films that it's almost like impossible for me to not nitpick something apart. That's why for myself, I really enjoyed Suicide Squad, even with some of the aspects to which I can easily nitpick apart or pull certain scenes out or say, oh, this scene didn't work for me. I got bored during this scene because overall, I really enjoyed the film. And if I put it against all these other superhero films that even came out in the last five years, it's high up there compared to some of the other ones. So, But here's, I get extra frustrated. It's not just the misunderstanding of what Rotten Tomatoes is. Right. That's the first part. But let's take that part out of it for a second. Let me let me read this petition letter as it is. Sure. Rotten Tomatoes, we need this site to be shut down because its critics always – there's a mistake right there. It doesn't have critics. Mm-hmm. Because its critics always give the DC Extended Universe movies unjust bad reviews. Okay, well, there's a problem right there. Unjust bad – unjust according to who? According to this person. According to this person. Yeah. So what this guy is saying is his opinion's the right opinion and other opinions are wrong. Right. And the 15,000 people who signed this are agreeing with this guy's opinions, which you don't actually know what he's saying, really. He didn't say like, I give Batman v Superman 100%. Yeah. It's flawless. You so don't know saying, what his opinion is. I'm God. What he's right. saying is I'm God. And I, I – since I think it's good – if, since I think your thing is unjust, but let me go on and read here. Like Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and like Suicide Squad. And that affects people's opinion, even if it's a really great movies. Even if it's a real, okay, so go into that. Look, here's the two problems. Number one, you're saying even if it's a really great movie, a great movie according to who? According to you? So you're saying your opinion should count, but other people's opinion, film critics' opinions shouldn't count, but yours should. That's asinine. But here's the other problem that I really have with that. Let's say, take everything else out of it. At the heart of this 
petition is this thing, Rotten Tomatoes, this thing, even though Rotten Tomatoes isn't saying anything, but this thing is saying something I don't want to hear. Shut it down. Right. That is the most idiotic, asinine, fucking moron yeah. thing to say. What's, wait, what's wrong with this thing? Is is it hurting people? Is it going out and, and beating children it's in the middle of the night? It's not mine. No, he's saying something I don't like. It's crybaby school. It's, and, and it's not even something important that you don't like. It's They're saying they don't like a movie that I think – by the way, this guy hasn't seen, seen this movie yet. yet. This yeah. guy hasn't even seen the movie yet. And he's saying – they're saying they don't like that movie, so I don't like that. Shut it down. This this to me is the manifestation of idiocracy. Yeah. And so it's it's really frustrating to me. We just look, stupidity frustrates me. Different opinions is fine. I don't mind everybody telling me, hey, I hate Suicide Squad. Okay, that's fine. I liked it, but yeah, you we didn't. just dealt that's with cool. that just like an hour ago. Yeah, so, on, our, like, on, our on, review. on our review. We had a couple of people, people on our were review. Not, not that into the movie. So. That's right. So and I mean, you gotta respect their opinion. Like, all right, for so, the same exact reasons that you didn't like it are some of the reasons that I did. And me and John sometimes differ on films, but we always find that there's a common ground where it's like, even though like you might like it or I might hate it, we're like, oh well, those two parts, you're like, Yeah, I didn't like that part, but not as much. As you, As didn't, you didn't like, like it. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, guys, that's that's just uh, uh, that's my ranting for the day. Anyway, good I, rant. They, yes, it was. It was a good fun way. Please right. unsign your petition on Rod <laughs> yes, Tanner's because it doesn't make any sense. If you're one of these people, these poor misguided people that signed this petition, remember this isn't about opinion. This is about trying to shut down other people's opinion. Yeah. And that's, it's just, just stupid. This thing is flawed on so many levels. But anyway, if you are one of the people who just signed it, just as a knee jerk reaction, because we all do that sometimes, right. do yourself a favor. Go and get your name off that thing. So anyway, uh, I, we're going to take a couple of questions now from you guys. Once again, this is how you get your question on the John Campy podcast. Just email me at the John Campia podcast at gmail.com. Bring up a topic or a question you'd like address, and maybe you'll hear it here on the show. We got three to get to today. We'll go through these pretty quick because we're, <laughs> we're at 25 minutes huh. all right the can first you tell one, that we like to talk about this stuff yeah <laughs> yeah can you tell we could literally go on this for hours all right rocks biasia writes hey john i know you like suicide squad but judging by what other people are saying i feel like half the things we've seen in the ads trailers and behind the scenes footage are not in the movie joker slapping harley and her pointing a gun at him joker throwing a grenade and disappearing into the background the line where he says i can't wait to show you my toys joker patting uh a black case joker looking at his phone harley choking her bat like a gun the scene where she asks everyone what they'd like to drink apparently none of these things are in the movie my question is how can we explain this why would WB release an incomplete Suicide Squad movie after releasing an incomplete Batman versus Superman movie? I'm being criticized for it. Well, it's a great question, Rox. And yes, Rox, you're right. All those things yeah. that you mentioned and more right. that were in the marketing were not in the movie. However, that being said, and I do wish those were in the movie, and I'm yeah. sure Schnepp is going to address that a little bit. Remember, there are tons of movies that come out where we go, hey, where was that scene from the trailer? Where was that scene from the trailer? It's not that they released an incomplete movie. That's not it at all. It's that in any movie, probably about 30 to 45 minutes of stuff gets cut out. That's called editing. You try to make the best movie you can. Every movie has that. A bunch of stuff gets left on the floor. And what happens is a lot of these marketing campaigns, including the trailers, get made way in advance, even before the final edit of the movie is done. And so these marketing people have this footage, like have all this footage and they make their trailer. And then it turns out the final movie doesn't have that in it. It doesn't mean the movie is an incomplete movie. It just means that they made certain decisions that certain footage that happened to be in the trailers don't 
didn't end up in the film itself. And there's really nothing about that that should be considered odd or out of place. Anyway, Schnepp, how would you uh, answer that question? I agree with everything you said, but it could be a bummer. Because like yes. for myself, I was looking forward to that. Like, wait till I get to show you my toys. That's not in the movie. And I was like waiting for because, oh, here's that scene. And then now we cut away in that line. And then, you know, they're not cutting back to that. We're moving on. Yeah. We're not cutting back to that scene. So there, there was edited. But that happens, like John said, all the time uh, when you get uh, when you're editing a film or you're, you're part of the trailer house, you get like cuts of the film, rough cuts of the film, and you from that cut together a trailer. So you're dealing with something that's not a complete product. It's not a finished film. You're dealing with like, oh, here's all these sequences cut from that what you will. Those sequences that stick out to you that aren't in the film are ones that were, you know, cut out, but all the scenes that are still in the film don't stick out to you because you saw them. But ultimately it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a cut of the, you know, the, the draws. Uh, I don't know what the, what the right way to say it. It's like luck of the draw, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, for example, the sequence that you see in the trailer, I'm not getting into spoilers. This happens really early in the film where, uh, Harley Quinzel is actually like talking to the Joker in yes. Arkham Asylum. Yeah. I'm sure I'm positive that if you wanted to, as an editor, you can cut together easily a almost 15 minute cut. Of that from scene. all the footage that they shot yep. of Harley talking to Joker, them improving, them actually doing different lines, different takes, longer sequences. You can actually cut that together and make a really amazing sequence just out of what they have, which is in the film for literally maybe a minute and a half. Um, you can actually elongate that entire thing, just like almost every other scene that you're seeing that was cut out. You know, there's a scene there somewhere that they tried. They eventually use it as like, hey, we just need this as a micro edit cut flashback scene. Did it exist as a full scene? Maybe, maybe not. But we as the viewers of a trailer are like, wow, that scene was cool and it's not in the movie. Uh, ultimately, like, look, if they do a director's cut of Suicide Squad, you're going to see a probably a radically different cut. If you're reading online, they had two different versions. Yeah. Actually, I heard they were doing three different versions. I heard three, yeah. So I think I, I had thought that Ayer's version won out. I think maybe it was a studio's version that actually won out in the end run. But I heard the, it was Ayer's version. But no, I heard it was. Yeah. But actually, this one is more music video driven. So I was like, that's what leads me to think that maybe mm. it wasn't Ayer's. The, all this stuff will come out in the next few, uh, in a few weeks or few months. But whether or not it's the studio's cut or Ayers cut, basically Ayers agreed on the final cut and he was like, yeah. "All right, let's put this one out." I'm, I'm not, I'm not hating on it or anything. I think the cut works, you know, as so is. Do I. And I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing variation cut number two or extended sequence from each of these other scenes that maybe got cut a little bit shorter. That happens all the time in all movies. Scenes get cut. Characters, entire characters get shaved out of films. Yep. Like, oh, we shot this entire thing. I know you were originally 20 minutes of the movie. Now you're not even in it. Rogue. Yep, exactly. Rogue is a great example for X-Men Days Future Past. In it for one shot at the very end, like looking. Even though she was on set probably for two or three weeks shooting Easily, scenes. yeah. And the, but the, so the bottom line here is, look, every film cuts a bunch of stuff out to put together its final edit. That And that means also some stuff that's in trailers will not be in the movies. That doesn't mean they're releasing an incomplete film. That's just standard operating procedure. Yep. All right, next question. The second last question today comes from A. Clay, who writes... Does the Jungle Book have a shot at being an Oscar contender? I feel like it absolutely deserved it based on the groundbreaking visual effects and its strong direction and writing. However, I fear it will be overlooked. Thanks. Schnepp, uh, you were one of the guys who really liked Jungle Book. I know I, thought, I loved it. I thought it was great. Do you think it could be an Oscar contender? And if so, in what kind of categories? Yeah, I, most definitely Oscar contender in special effects absolutely. or CG. 
I mean, the computer graphics technology has gone leaps and bounds from when it first started out and like even Star Wars where they had the Death Star and then moved a little bit forwards into Tron. You're like, oh my God, this is so cool. Then to Jurassic Park. I mean, now we're in this period of time where it's like the Uncanny Valley is slowly going away. The Uncanny Valley is where you cannot tell whether it's a real human or a 3D right. We're getting computer closer. graphic. That That is getting closer and they have surpassed it with Jungle Book. I could not tell that those wolves who were speaking complete English coming out of their mouths <laughs> were not real wolves who could talk because the little baby cubs look completely real. Con. Oh my God. Every, you know, blue, the elephants, blue, elephants. Yeah. I mean, the movie was pure magic and, you know, say what you will, maybe if you didn't like the film or not. I mean, I thought I loved the original Jungle Book animated film from Disney. I loved all the songs. I grew up with that as a kid. They had like one or two of the songs in this movie and the spirit of it. It's a totally different way of watching it, seeing it with this all 3D animals talking. It's it's basically a completely different film just telling the same story. I think it'll win the Oscar for best visual effects because the visual effects in it are flawless. No, um, I, that's the word. It's flawless. Yeah. Like, look, and here's the other thing too. When you're talking about Oscars and what deserves to win an Oscar or not, it, remember, it's still early in the year. The real Oscar contenders for the awards like best direction, best screenplay, best picture. Sure. The, the most of the films that were really being the running for those awards, they don't get released probably till like end of October or November and really into December. Right. Uh, in many cases. So it's hard to say that Jungle Book deserves an Academy Award recognition for this. Well, it may not deserve it because we haven't seen the other ones that come out yet but it's impossible for me to imagine this is that that it doesn't get recognized for its visual effects this is this has to be considered one of the greatest achievements in physical visual effects history it's not one of the best films in history but what they did when john favreau came out on stage at d23 over a year ago and told us by the way they were about to show us like a seven minute clip everything you're about to see here was shot on a green screen in los angeles and then they played it for us. And we we're like, you've got to be kidding me. That can't be possible. Yeah. You're telling me that's not a real river. You're telling me that's not a real tree. You're telling me that's not a real wolf. It was just mind blowing. So what they have done, the uncanny valley is a perfect way to put it. They have achieved something we have never seen. I've never seen a movie's visual effects break through to a new level right. since the Phantom Menace. Yeah, for real, it's groundbreaking. Yeah, absolutely groundbreaking. And that's why, I mean, even with whatever film that has come out or whatever film will come out this year, none none have actually beaten Jungle Book for pure special effects, graphics, computer technology. So it's got that Oscar. Even Civil War, all these other films that have incredible special effects, Jungle Book, as what you just said, the only real thing in that is Mowgli and a couple of shrubs. Yep. You know, some, some, a couple <laughs> of things of dirt. That's that he stands out. Yeah, that's, stand, you know, that's it. Everything else is artificially created within the 3D world. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic film if you haven't seen it. If you just see it just with that aspect alone, like even if you're like, I don't like Jungle Book. I hated the, I hated Mowgli or whatever. Fair enough. So, yeah. Fair enough. See the film just on a technological level and be, have your mind blown. So. All right. Last question of the day and we'll wrap it up with this. This question comes from John Feinstein who writes, As I'm sure you've noticed, the early Suicide Squad reviews were pretty negative, and that kind of brought everyone's spirits down. However, now that Jeremy Johns has given the more of the movie a pretty good review, a lot of his fanboys are flocking to anything Suicide Squad related and saying things like, well, Jeremy Johns said it was good, so fuck the critics. I would love to hear your thoughts on these people who seem to hold one man's opinion higher in regard than opinions of, say, 50 certified Rotten Tomatoes critics. No hate on Jeremy, I just don't think he's the messiah of movie reviews. Well... Um, look, Jeremy's a friend of mine. 
uh, he's a friend of ours. Yep. He we've he's been on Film HQ. He's been on Movie Smart Talk, dude. Yeah, I, we, he and I talk on the phone a bunch, and I think he's one of the better film critics out there. He's one of the more entertaining film critics mm-hmm. out there. He's great. And for everybody who says, "Fuck the film critics," I'm going to listen to Jeremy Johns. Guess what? Guess what Jeremy Johns is? Guess what his profession is? Film, film critic. critic. He's a film That's critic. Right. So before you go waving your banner, fuck the film critics. Jeremy Johns, film critic. Um, but just to just to say, me and Campia totally loved Suicide Squad too. So yeah, we're on we the love same too, side yes. of what John was like. Because I was reading yesterday, like once we got out of the film, it was like a bunch of people were like, this person loved it, this person hated it. And I was just like, I just posted, man, I love the film. So it's like, I just wanted to throw that out there because it is true. It's contagious how someone's opinion can affect other people's opinion. So witness what we were just talking about earlier. One guy got really upset about Rotten Tomatoes and decided to, without really understanding what Rotten Tomatoes is about, make a petition about shutting it down because it's like, this is pissing me off that everyone keeps mentioning this Rotten Tomatoes. So I could actually understand maybe his misunderstanding of what Rotten Tomatoes is. Didn't really look into it. Maybe thought it was just like a a bunch of like three evil dudes from Rotten Tomatoes are making this everyone hate, you know, these super DC superhero films. When, you know, when you finally realize what Rotten Tomatoes really is and get, you know, you understand you can't blame Rotten Tomatoes. In fact, you can't blame anyone. It's just opinion. It's all opinion based. If you need desperately to have someone agree with you before you see a movie or feel like everyone's pre-hating on this film that I know even before I see it, I'm going to love and get angry at someone's opinion, either pro or con. That doesn't really make sense. That's not really a, a, the proper way to lead your emotional life. I think yeah. it's bad for you. It's a, just a bad way to live. So I think your opinion is your opinion. Other people's opinion is their opinion. And you should respect your opinion first before you respect anyone else's. Everyone else is chiming in on what you think. And you can't actually think about it until you've seen the film. So all you can really do is reflect on what other people, if you want to read other people's criticisms, whether positive or negative about a movie, that's only going to be able to feed you when you see the film. So, and then ultimately you'll make your own decision. So it's cool if you agree with Johns or Campia or me, I think it's great. Or if you agree with anybody else who didn't like the film, I think it's great. See it for yourself. Yeah. And, and you know, he brings up a good thing. It's like, why are people rallying around the one guy, Jeremy? Well, because a lot of us will attach ourselves to critics that we find we generally agree with. Right. So if there's a bunch of people out there that find, hey, I generally agree with what Jeremy says, or with, not with what Jeremy says. I generally agree with what Jeremy's opinion is, too. I find we're in alignment a lot of times. So then if Jeremy Johns comes out and says that he really likes Suicide Squad, then that gives them a lot of hope that they're going to like totally. Suicide Squad. And I, and I respect that. But again, this whole thing of, you know, well, fuck the film critics. I'm going to listen to Jeremy. Well, Jeremy is a film critic. Well, fuck the film critics and, and Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck that, too. I'm going to listen to the schmoes. You know what the schmoes are? Film critics. On Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten tomatoes. <laughs> so, right. like, yeah. so I literally had some people yeah. tweeting that to me saying, yeah, like somebody who was agreeing with me and liked the fact that I tweeted out that I liked Suicide Squad said, yeah, John, like fuck those film critics on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to listen to guys like you and guys like the schmoes. And I just thought it was funny because the schmoes, number one, yeah, are film critics. Yeah. And number two, they're critics on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. just like a lot of other film critics out there. Um, but schmoes, Jeremy, awesome film critics. Uh, and, you know, I'm just really excited for people out there, we mentioned this earlier, to see this movie and then start hearing what the what, what the fans think yeah. about this film. Because look, there's there's a lot to dislike about the movie, but the, I think there's enough in there to to really enjoy. So did you? Yeah, I mean, and when I when I came out and said I didn't like Batman v Superman the theatrical cut, I got a lot of hate from people because I didn't like it. Yeah, they expected me just. But you had to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and that's the most important thing in any form of criticism is like, look, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is my opinion. 
Yeah. You could listen to it or not or disagree with me, but just don't straight up hate because that's a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. So anyway, guys, that'll do it for this installment of the John Campion podcast. Once again, this is episode number 37 on Wednesday, August the 3rd, the day after we saw Suicide Squad. Yeah. And of course, joined by my very special, I can't believe it took 37 episodes to get you on this podcast. Mr. Hey, John Schnepp is here. to be here. I miss doing our uh, our. Uh, what was the movie, uh, movie, movie talk, talk mailbags, yeah. you know? So those were fun. Yeah. Was like, I loved I, doing those. We did one that was like 24 hours. We did a 24 hour yeah. marathon. That was fact, for the I still Philippine have relief. drawings that I need to send out oh. all those years <laughs> you later. Remember, I still have them. You just reminded me. I know. Where can, people, uh, where can people follow you? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, just at John Schnepp. And you can see me on uh, Collider Movie Talk, uh, Collider Nightmares, and then the show I host, uh, uh, Collider Heroes, which, which John Which, by the time is this show is up, the new hero should be yeah, up as and, well. And this show, the Collider Heroes that just is popping out today on this Wednesday, has John Campia, Robert Meyer Burnett, and the return of Amy Dolan. So I'm really happy. Happy the original core crew is in there, and we got to sweat it out about a bunch of cool subjects. So. Yeah, and uh, you guys, of course, make sure you're following me on my social media. Follow me on Twitter and on Facebook, simply at John Campia. And by the way, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, do me a favor. Stop what you're doing. Open up iTunes, even if you don't use iTunes. And find the John Campy podcast and rate and comment on this podcast. That helps out the podcast a great deal. Um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, all that one wonderful fun stuff. And make sure you're subscribed to www.comiccon.hq so you can see mine and uh, Schnepp's show, Film HQ, that airs weekly on Saturday Yeah, mornings. it's a really fun show. I mean, it's just been developing over the weeks that we've been doing it. And it's turning more into like a really fun magazine type of show. Yeah. So it's it's a, a blast if you haven't had a chance to check it out. So And uh, that'll do it for us, guys, for this installment of the John Campy Podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us. And until next time, bye-bye.